0: Actually, oh, you cut it. Yeah. All right, okay, deal. I was thinking about another backup plan while I was panicking inside. You know one thing about being on this show? Your heart keeps racing faster than my mind. This is how I talk in my mind, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I have to do. You're doing this to your face. Are you trying to figure out exactly what it is you want to do. I'm trying to get the fabric, and it's like, what am I going to do if I get the fabric? I get the wrong fabric first. is like, you're going to do purple, purpose knife that's nice. really nice. So that's how I talk to myself. You feel my pain? <laughs>
1: Dedicated to Project Runway. I am Ernest. And I'm Patricia. And we are back together again for the late night edition <laughs> of the Workroom Podcast. It's so late. Um, so Patricia and I have both had really long days, and we're finally here after um a confluence of craziness. Um involving New York subways and just artist life, I'll say. (laughs) So, Patricia, I'm so glad to have you back.
0: I'm glad to be back.
1: Oh my gosh, sorry. I was taking a huge uh, swig of water.
0: (laughs) Yes, you'll need it.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Because it's a tiny bit warm in my apartment, but also, full disclosure, so I, I just ran back home, because um, tonight, um, oh, actually, the the whole day, I had control over the over the Instagram account of Spaceworks, where I have my residency, and um, of course, I forgot about that, and <laughs> had to cancel on Patricia <laughs> today, because I was like, oh, shoot, I have to take over this account, and it I, I didn't do any pre-planning, but um, so I was doing that most of today along with all the other work things I had to do, but also came from um, I guess the end of, end of the year party that was in honor of the master students at ICP Bard. So since I was on faculty awesome. today, I got invited <laughs> as not an alum or as a student, but as, as faculty, which was really, really wonderful. And um, nice. yeah, super nice um, on the Upper East Side And I live in South Slope, Brooklyn and uh, tonight the trains are, are special as always. So, um, but it was just like a lovely evening and, um, just a lot of, a lot of, I guess, commiserating and, and just remembering things. And, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, that was, that was mostly my day. Um, but Patricia and I were talking about how we both go to sleep pretty late at night anyway, um, and I, I'm so glad to hear that you, that you're also kind of a night owl, but I, it's par for the course, as we were saying, we're both artists and freelancing and have a lot of things to do. A lot of, I would say like a lot of, of, uh, disparate things to kind of curtail and, and get a, get a hold of, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's it's the working life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially in New York city. And um, I have to, you know, mention this because I I was saying that I, I feel as if this episode of Project Runway felt the most art school to me, and especially the most specifically ICP Bard art program oh. <laughs> to me. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, just and and I'm filled with feelings. I'll say because, of course, with these, you know, for for you listeners who um, are not alums who, who know me and are friends or who have been through an MFA program. But um, specifically with with Bard, it's, you know, it's an, it's a liberal arts program, but it's chaired by um, our dear, dear, dear other um, beloved um, guest host, frequent guest host, Naylan Blake. And um, Naylan, as always, gives the loveliest speeches and the and the most heartfelt and thoughtful and earnest Um I would say just words and in, in general and, and, you know, and I think a lot about our program and how we, we think very deeply about what it is that we want, need, desire and care about. And since that's the title of this show um, or, or of this episode, I would say um, I, yeah, I just had a, a lot of, that's just been on my mind especially as we kind of grapple with these, um, these, these causes that the designers were, um, interested in um, be it like as trivial as it might have come across or as maybe misguided or even just misunderstood <laughs> but but we'll we'll get into it um um yeah I don't know that's just my preamble to all of this <laughs> so. all right so I want to get into this episode by covering the previously. So, of course, last week we was our Elton John episode. But, you know, we we welcomed back our previous designers. But um, I think it was just a good reminder of how close last week's top two were. And to remind everyone, it was Bishmi and Garo. And I think going into this episode, that's something that I definitely kept in mind. Um, because they definitely kind of converged last week, and then this week they widely diverged. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but also because we open right on the tail end of last week's episode, back in the waiting room, Vinny is comforting Tessa, and um, people are crying. It's just kind of intense. Um we find out or I would say I found out that Leela was Tessa's best friend. I did not it notice that. Cool.
0: Me neither. I I thought she wanted it to be Bishmi.
1: I know. I I guess maybe Bishmi, you know, took himself out of the running when, you know, they had that little tiff two or three episodes ago. But yeah, I don't know. From what yeah, I yeah. Wait, say it again.
0: Yeah, I agree
1: yeah I don't know they they it seemed a little tense between Tessa and Leela, but i I don't know i i I think this is um I don't know, I don't know it's just something that i I thought was was really really interesting and something I just totally overlooked since we do these deep dives and I'm combing through these episodes and I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that relationship, <laughs> but what I do agree with Tessa on is one of these boys needs to go next. you've <laughs> lost a lot sure. of women in this competition. Um, anyway, so Christian Siriano comes back into the waiting room and, you know, it's time to basically just burrow your thumb into everyone's wounds. So since everyone is on at the end of the rope, they're crying, they're really emotional. What a time to introduce another challenge. So, yeah, so the the challenge starts immediately. (laughs) And they bring the crying designers who've lost a loved one back onto <laughs> the runway uh, to just jump into the next episode. So we go back and we're, you know, behind the scrim, Um, Carly and Elaine pretend like they just didn't eliminate. um, Oh my gosh. Lila. Lila. Right. I was like, wait, who? My someone from my bracket. So they both had wardrobe changes and mm-hmm. they're back there and I don't know if you noticed because Carly is a giant and Elaine is teeny weeny and to have them seem or to appear similar heights it was kind of clear that Carly had to stand way 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 back from the light or from the scrim to to appear sort of the same size as as,
0: as Elaine right and so
1: they come out and elaine is wearing um a fubu what i call a power robe and um it's oh my gosh i i totally closed my uh my um my windows for this but it's fubu but it's by a particular designer that's socially conscious and i'm so sorry listeners or or uh did you did you happen to catch her logo
0: i I yes, but I, I thought it was Fubu Fubu, like it's because it not, yeah because uh, I mean it's
1: it's Fubu which is for us by us but it's like a guest house designer, and it, I think I want oh oh no this is terrible I
0: don't know who it is I don't know who it is yeah then. I want to
1: say it starts with a P or an M, but it's 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 by a a guest design uh, I would say collective that focuses on um, social justice issues. And so for those unfamiliar with FUBU, it's an acronym for for us by us started by Damon John, who's better known right now as a shark on Shark Tank. <laughs> huh. um, but um, but I didn't know this, but, he, he, you know, for a FUBU now um, kind of like acts as all these other fashion houses and has guest designers and this particular um, fashion house that she was wearing definitely was a foreshadowing to the challenge. So Carly also for ch- a foreshadowing to the challenge is wearing feminism includes all genders on her shirt and they come out onto the runway and Carly goes, designers, we just have one question for you. What do you care about? And so, um, anyway, so then all these people start flooding out onto the runway from behind the scrim, wearing T-shirts with words on them. Things like, it gets better. Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe. Time's Mm -hmm. up. Stand up to cancer. And dare. (laughs) Yes, that was a blast from the past. I mean, who's wearing dare shirts anymore? Does that count? I feel like it I feel like you know you know I don't know I just feel like it 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 shouldn't count cuz that's from the Reagan era <laughs> and it was you know yeah. it's all about uh incarcer you know upping incarceration of people of color and you know definitely a failed campaign against drugs anyway yeah. I yeah I I just thought it was really strange that they were wearing a dare shirt um anyway so So they come out, but this is clearly an Elaine Welteroth challenge. So she gives us a very brief overview of how fashion has, um, in her words, come to represent powerful and um, political social movements and also highlighting slogan tees and how they're everywhere and another way of expressing one's political views, uh, in particular I, so, you know, and she highlights a mini skirt, um, Black Panther uniforms and like all black with leather and, and a beret. And then more recently from 2016, 2017, the, the pussy hat. So the challenge officially is that, you know, they want to see the designers high fashion interpretation of a cause that they're passionate about. So they must make a statement look. Has to be high fashion. Like, sure. let's high fashion us up, as always. They get two days. And according to Elaine, um, the most important thing for them is that they see their cause and that it reflects an issue that is truly close to their heart. Um, yeah. This is where things get, um, I don't know, kind of serious so so bishmi who is kid brother bishmi um has this look on his face and elaine's just like yeah so bishmi you're you're not reacting at all like what's going on he's like oh no i'm designing right now and i feel like with bishmi it's like a 50 50 chance like if he's listening or designing or just not listening i should say um so yeah and we also get a reminder of who Elaine Welteroth is. So I think if any of us started paying attention to all of these Pulitzer nominated and winning articles coming out of Teen Vogue, basically yeah. Elaine Welteroth is the editor yeah. in chief behind all of that. So
0: she did a great job. I mean I remember thinking to myself like in two thousand and like fourteen, fifteen? Mm-hmm. 16 thinking like i'm over 40 and i'm reading teen vogue and i'm loving it like yeah. i didn't read teen vogue when i was a teen like i didn't even know it existed <laughs> exactly it's, it was sort of like, so i think she's just beyond brilliant and you know what i liked about this episode throughout this episode i'm like oh she's getting the hang of the show she seemed so comfortable <laughs> throughout this whole episode and i loved it i loved it too
1: yeah, no, I, I, I think she's amazing. And again, I'm just so glad that she's on the show. She's, I think I think even yeah. from episode one, you know, she's added so much discourse to this and has pointed out so many things that I think only someone with her background as a journalist and um, a woman of color and as someone who has been through, you know, the Black Magazine world specifically can add to the show. It's a twist that we had just... You know, it's very, very, very welcomed, especially on an episode that's battling or tackling, um, you know, just your 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 cause and things that you're you're passionate about. And I think it's something that like that someone with her editorial eye can really help guide the designers on. So and we, we do get to see this in the workroom. So they don't get to go home. They don't get to sleep yet. They've lost a loved one. <laughs> they've had a full day of designing and, you know, runway and critique. And they just got their new challenge, but they must go back to the workroom and sketch. So Elaine, this is her time to go around and talk to them and kind of guide them through this initial part of the process of their, their cause. So um, even though I love I love Elaine and I think this is great it kind of annoyed me because everyone is visibly sad
2: <laughs> and
1: kind of tired. And I just, I just felt, I just felt their exhaustion yeah. come through on this one.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know why, because they went, they go sketching right away. I, I, I thought, okay, so there was just an illumination, There was just a runway show. And now we have to like, I don't know.
1: I know it felt kind of like a producery type move. I shouldn't say producer, mm. a producer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like you know, let's get them when they're down, they're down to you know the top seven, so they're fatigued anyway, but also emotionally strained. So, way to plan a you know, a super emotional challenge and just kind of bog them down with a lot of work and a lot to think about, so right
0: a recipe for good tv
1: oh yeah oh my gosh all right so
0: let's get into the
1: workroom and um i would say auntie elaine is going around asking It's like hey guys here i am in my power robe going around and the first person she gets to is jamal and you know we open into the workroom and jamal is talking to Vinny. And he says something that i that I wrote down where he says that for him, everything he does comes from frustration and anger, and we get a little bit more into his background um you know, when he's talking to Elaine because his ultimately his cause is going to be Black Lives Matter, and we hear a little bit about Jamal, and uh, we see this this really cute picture of him with his dad and his two other brothers. And um, it turns out that Jamal was taken in by his grandmother on his mother's side and his, his mom is white. So he was raised by the white side of his family and his brother, his oldest brother, stayed behind. And um, we learned that he has gone to jail, he's been incarcerated. And so Jamal has sort of been tapp- or grappling with stereotypes around black Male identity and violence, and um, and we kind of know that he's sort of been tackling this uh, this kind of re reimagining urban wear through the puffer jacket and ha- using the puffer jacket as some type of armor or some other type of protection and 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 barrier. So I think this is the first time where he really articulated it. Fully for all of us in real time, and not like as a as a talking head. Because as he's saying this to Elaine, Elaine starts shimmying. <laughs> yes, yes. And I and I just, I I, love that. yeah, I I really I really love this moment because I was just like, this is okay. When you say that she's really getting into her groove and really comfortable, um, mm-hmm. I just imagine her during you know staff meetings at Teen Vogue <laughs> and and encouraging journalists to follow their bliss and you was know, like we know I want to talk about this blah blah and you can I I feel like she she's the type of person who can't help when she's really excited and yeah. so yeah I just really I really love this type of encouragement um to Jamal so but I also I I feel like for this type of challenge this really is Jamal's bag. Like he he has to do well on this. This is something that I think is r- yeah. really in his wheelhouse. Um yeah. Uh next we have Tessa, who's still crying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And doesn't like to get vulnerable. So this mm-hmm. is a pretty tender time for Tessa. Um alliteration unintended there and she's talking about I think she's talking about armor as well here but her cause is women's rights and um, sexual abuse survivors and her concept is to play around with this idea of a box and um, breaking in and out of these these boxes but Also kind of admits that she's been talking a lot about her parents, (laughs) her upbringing, but not not actually about herself or I would say more personal ideas or personal topics. So, um, again, like foreshadowing of of things to come here. Uh, We also have Hester who. okay, the only thing that I. okay Hester's Hester's cause is marriage equality. And one thing we learn about Hester is that she's in the works of building a youth center for LGBTQ. Um, I would, I would, I, I, yeah, well, yeah, the youths, I, you know, LGBTQ teens, youths, whatever the youngins, but specifically mm-hmm. in Santa Fe and um, again, more cuteness from her and her wife, honey tea, whatever. It's fine. Um, But I thought,
0: yeah, yeah, I w- <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> like, really, marriage equality? Because there, there was a quote from Hester at the very early on. I mean, this is also very early in the show, but earlier than this moment mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, God, that's me. Oh, I'm Hester. I'm such a Hester. I'm such a <laughs> hopeless Hester because <laughs> when – and, you know, I think I even remember, you know, grad program conversations with Nayland about this very thing where – hester identifies this okay what do i care about and hester says something like there's a lot of things i want to vocalize my beliefs on and, and <laughs> hester rattles off a list of like immigrant rights lgbt this um black lives matter she she lists a whole list of things and i was like oh my god i'm such a hester like i am I'm such a hester so we get to this moment she's like okay marriage right marriage equality." I'm like, what? You reduced all of that <laughs> to something that l- l- legislature has already achieved. I know it's not permanent. I know it's, by the way, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not the end of a lot of things. So i was sort of like, I'm such a Hester. <laughs> <laughs> Cause this
1: is what I do. <laughs> I know, and it's it's kind of like yeah, cause you know it. There's there's again there's climate change, and there's yeah. again you know like these uh these anti-abortion laws being passed in Georgia, and there's just so much going on. Um, yeah. I I also I thought specifically with Heather about what it's like to live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in particular. Um, I would say that, you know, New Mexico and Arizona are very close to one another. And Arizona is a very, very um, conservative state where even though, you know, um, marriage equality is a federal law, then, you know, we still have local laws to tend with. And just kind of, I was just like, hmm, I wonder what the politics are on the ground in New Mexico in particular, Um, but also with Hester, I think another one of her causes is her ugly ass turkey outfit from last week and (laughs) to Elaine's face, it goes, um, I'm sorry. I, you know, the thing is, I want to just say, I'll just point out that that jacket was exquisitely made and Elaine's like, uh, bye, bye girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how dare you Hester
1: focus on marriage equality, not your turkey jacket.
0: (laughs) I know. This I was like, "Oh thing. no. What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> it's completely yeah. made leave
1: it <laughs> alone. Um,
0: it wasn't. You. I think I think she's way better than that.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She knows it. Come on. Um so, I mean, you know, talking about causes and, you know, defending oneself and, you know, just really really important things. We have Garo whose cause is saving the bees and according to Garo like this all may sound trivial but it really is about saving humanity Humanity. (laughs) (laughs) wait no Patricia because people don't realize if the if they're wiped out we're wiped out yes okay
0: I mean, he's, he's right. He's right. His plan B is on point. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Anyway. It, I mean, he's curious about it.
1: Yeah. And so, um thank you, listeners, for bringing this up on Facebook. So, okay, this is the thing. Okay, we'll go through everyone's cause or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing that really. <laughs> oh, Garo the best of intentions, but I feel like if you want to talk about bees, then it shouldn't come out of Garo's mouth because Garo has a way of garrowing it. I'm going to make it a verb. Okay. (laughs) Just making it sound trivial in relation to everything else. And, you know, I think it has a point of view that's extremely important because no, it is true. Like if, if bees are wiped out, then it's, it's really, uh, you know, detrimental to the balance of our ecosystem. And it's just kind of down the line. It, it's something that's very, very important. But I would say at the crux of it, it's not necessarily like saving the bees or creating habitats or, you know, planting flowers and stuff. It really is climate change. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So maybe that could be your cause. That's the cause. Saving the yeah. bees is, is, you know, one of the things that comes out of that, but you know, in terms of everyone being like, Black Lives Matter, marriage equality, seeing the bees.
0: I am just sorry, yeah.
1: Garo, it just seems trivial in in relation yeah. to everyone else, but
0: And and I think out of all the I mean, there's been a lot of causes, but I think you know, climate change uh has actually there's a significant precedent. I could okay, I I don't want to make a generalization, but in my, from what I've been exposed to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there's a significant precedent for using climate change in fashion. Um, Vogue Italia's Franco Cesani in like 2008 or 2009 had this very controversial spread about an oil spill. Um, and in, in, I'm sorry, uh, when I say controversial spread, what I mean is a controversial fashion editorial with very high fashion. <laughs> <laughs> but about a real oil spill that was going on mm-hmm. and has done kind of bird extinction um, fashion editorials for Vogue Italia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's been – designers have been inspired by climate change in the past 10 years. So I think this is – there's actually a precedent here
2: yeah.
0: that um, I think more so than any other – um cause that was mentioned it, well with the exception of uh, Jamals which um he did say black lives matter but it was bigger than that it yeah. was i think conception of the idea it was really about self empowerment and having pride in being a body of color and being a, a mind of color right mm-hmm. so yes that there's there are precedents for also right, right. those two were so anyway so that was the sort of like the thing that I wish Garrow had t- tapped into
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, I get this idea of coming up with something relatively simple inside of this grandiose idea of like of a cause and streamlining it. And to me, in a way, it seemed like he was approaching this the way he would approach any other design where it's like basically Save the Bees was his version of a corset in, yeah. in anything. Yeah. And it's like, I know how to do this. Um, I'm thinking about color and I'm thinking about streamlining and um, it still kind of fits it. It's something that I'm kind of, it's sort of near and dear to my heart because you know, the house that I vacation at upstate has bees and last year had (laughs) less bees. And the year before that it had slightly more bees. But I remember since I've had that house upstate in Rhinebeck for like 15 years, you know, I summer there, there are lots of bees like 10 years ago and they're just less bees now. And so that's, what he's been thinking about. <laughs> Let me move yeah. on. Let me stop. Girl, sorry, girl. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um next <laughs> let's, let's move to Vinny. And Vinny's um whole bag it, or cause. Oh god. His cause is stereotypes. Yeah. Um and I think this was a very Uh, I would say instructive conversation between Vinny and Elaine where she was like, okay, let's, you have to figure out how to translate this impactful message. And um, because I think at the heart of it, Vinny really wants to talk about this interaction that he had with his coworker who thought he was white over the phone. And again, just like this, I have like, this idea of stereotypes I think at the core for Vennie it is uh at, at the core about racism and this personal daily um I would say confrontation with it and especially on such a personal level um and not necessarily not necessarily stereotypes um but racism I'm just yeah yeah so because I I thought the the story that he came up with, or not came up with, but that he shared about, you know, talking on the w- w- on the phone with his co-worker because, you know, he is an accountant. And I would assume that he's an accountant at one of the big five, like,
2: mm.
0: you know,
1: um, Ernst & Young. Price, or
0: PricewaterhouseCoopers. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's probably where he works. And, you know, it's a huge conglomerate, multinational thing. And probably spoke to someone who lives in, you know, he's in Dallas and this person's in New York. Never met, but they had a whole meeting and the person's like, oh, my God you're black. You sounded white on the phone. So, yeah. so just like, and I, cause I, okay. So again, um, spent, spent the the evening with bar students and spoke to nail And I told you about this, this incident that I had going in for an interview for a job where, um, I applied for the job on the urban league in Philadelphia. And so if you guys don't know about urban league, it's, it's, it's a black nonprofit organization is black run, applied for the job and got called in for an interview and then you know spoke to the person who was who was going to ultimately hire me or not hire me and I went to the interview sat in the waiting room and this woman comes out and she's like oh are you Ernest she's like yes yes I'm here for the whatever time and She says, okay great she goes back in and then I wait like 10 more minutes and then she comes back. I was like, Oh, we're ready for you. So I go in and I meet the, you know, potential boss. And he was like, yeah, so I sent my secretary out there to take a look at you because I wasn't sure if you're a black or white over the phone because you speak so properly. Oh. And I was like, Oh, okay, great way to say this to my face. Mm. Um, But you know, but it's also this idea of thinking of, like the like idea of perception and how our perception is through, you know, their their perception of me was was very much kind of, you know, if you sound a certain way, then I'm going to describe to you a certain race automatically rather than just, you know, I I, I will also context clues, Urban League. <laughs> like I don't think there are many white prospects or non black prospects trying to apply for things at the Urban League in Philadelphia. But okay. Anyway, so that's a long story short about my relation to Vinny's story and how um, I would have wished it would have been about racism rather than stereotypes. But yeah, anyway.
0: But I thought it kind of was in a way. And I mean, to me, the way that I read it also was that you can't, I mean, he was referencing a design that used a hoodie. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't think you you can, I can't think about a hoodie without it being, I mean, people, like, I think immediately of so many, oh, what what was, the, oh my goodness, now I can't think of the name. Um, the young boy that was killed by Zimmerman. Oh, yeah, Traymon, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon uh, Martin, thank you. Yeah. So I think that was entirely about racism. So I think that mm-hmm. Vanny was referencing it, but not saying it. And yeah. And that made me wonder, why is someone not comfortable saying that on the show? They should be able to be comfortable saying that on the show and in this challenge.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. You know. totally agree with that um and next we have Sebastian um (laughs) and and his cause is we are all one color but I think he means we're all human essentially that's what it seemed to translate not necessarily we're all one color because we're clearly not I mean you can look around the room but I think he meant human like we're all the same species and his yes. whole thing was was equality and like just just um, equality, and yeah, and also talked about his experiences with racism in the United States. Um, going in for a job and the mm-hmm. owner just blatantly telling him that it was like we don't hire Latin people, so you know get at my establishment and blah blah.
0: My goodness, yeah,
1: yeah, <gasps> yeah, um, yeah. We live in the United States, <laughs> so. That is something that happens quite a bit. And, you know, I I really enjoyed Elaine's interaction with Sebastian here where um, she really affirms him and pumps him up to um, to be to be, you know, bold and also kind of put, I guess, a stamp on, um, you know, how to think about this this. Challenge where it's like you are making an impact you're you're in a very visible position you're on this nationally broadcast show talking about your experience as um someone who is an immigrant and who is latin uh, latinx who's gay and creative and and making their way and sebastian you know because it's everyone's lost their loved one sebastian starts crying and uh and he's like, oh, no, 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 you're going to make me cry. He's like, no, 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 maybe you need to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. And I feel like that's so key to this challenge, like getting personal and thinking about your own story and digging into that. Like, what is, again, what do you care about? What is important to you? So, yeah, I really like Elaine a
0: lot. I know, me too. I like her energy. And just how sort of, um, yeah, I almost think that, my God, she'd be a, a great, Okay, I love Christian, but she'd be a great Tim Gunn replacement,
1: huh? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She would make everyone cry. So instead of, like, Christian being like, hey, 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 why are you buying (laughs) so much tool? That's so much blue. (laughs) Listen, that, him, oh, my God, are you going to fix that? It it would just be, like, these heartfelt, I feel like they would (laughs) would make enormously amazing work, but then they would... um, it would it would it would be a different type of show, definitely a show that I would watch, because yes, I love her true. process and how she works, or you know, kind of guides them through. But oh my gosh, I would love that.
0: Yeah, this is not really a Bravo show. This is an Oprah show. This is Super Style Sunday. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> this is Super Style Sunday. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's like oh, and you have the the intro by Oprah, and and the intro is Oprah and Elaine sitting underneath oprah's <laughs> giant oak trees in her front yard at the yes. edge of her peach orchard and it's just like this wonderful deep conversation between these two lovely women
0: <laughs> yes and then the, the guest judge is ellen degeneres you know <laughs> i love it <laughs> actually that would be an amazing show we'll love it
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All Maybe right. it's super Saturday, so you can have your Super Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> I know it's so super great. Style Saturday.
1: <laughs> super Saturday. Super Saturday. Oh, that is it is like Oprah's Soul, like her Soul something <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, the Super
0: Soul. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Well, this is late night edition. <laughs> <I> We've <know. laughs> <laughs> already our, said our
1: Super Soul <laughs> tangents. And um, <laughs> anyways, but I, but, you know, I, I, I made up a new segment and, you know, I think the fourth person that could be a part of this super style Saturday or super soul, you know, oh, yeah. Oprah Sunday would be Swatch who just had brunch. And mm-hmm. so we get to, we get to mode, but. Well, you
0: forgot about Jamal and Bishmi. Oh no. You mentioned their. Um, their causes. So Jamal. Well, we already Oh mentioned my god.
1: How did I miss Bishmi? But, oh but my we god. Missed Bishmi. We did miss Bishmi. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to Bishmi before we get yeah. to watching, just, just to be fair,
0: just to mention everybody.
1: Oh, wait, do you. Want... <laughs> do
0: oh, what did I about... say? Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Bishmi's cause is youth empowerment in Baltimore. That's how I would rephrase it. but Bishmi had a specific phrase something like blossoming in Baltimore or mm-hmm. youth blossoms in Baltimore, which is very consistent with other messaging he's had in other garments. yeah in the show. yeah so that was wonderful. So it, it was the continuation which I was like, yes, this is this is a solid thinker. Yeah, and it makes sense because
1: we learned that Bishmi's been mentoring at uh, with with young adults in Baltimore at a Baltimore design school, and it so makes perfect sense because Bishmi is sort of like one of I, someone who I would imagine to be all the students' favorite teacher or favorite mentor or favorite you know whatever. He just has this he he's kind of like like a giant kid brother, and just has a perfect yeah. energy for all of that.
0: And now we know how he can sort of, or was, and can handle Tessa so well. <laughs> it's sort of like, <laughs> like I can, you know, it's sort of like,
1: yeah, yeah. He's, they. They both have like this kid, like bratty kid energy to me. Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Not necessarily that they're youthful, but they're surrounded by youths. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe Tessa is too. Like she would she make a great teacher, I think. Um I don't really know. I'm just saying that. Maybe, maybe not. Definitely bitch me though. Okay, anyway. If
0: she wanted to. If she wanted to, she could be
1: good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um okay, so we're off to mood. And we get to see SWAT. I mean Swatch. Um so I would just like to say that Swatch. Swatch is, is is lying on their belly and looks like they just confirmed with them people and I say them people that's how Swatch refers to anyone who is who might be of any, any type of importance but Swatch was like listen I just got back from brunch <laughs> with my out of towner friends and I just want to make sure that I can just enjoy the cheesy grits that I had with Chi Chi and Doña Dora who loved it. I am tired. No one is here. I'm laying on my tummy and splaying out my hind legs because it's my brunchy (laughs) brunch day. And then (laughs) Esther walks in and steps over Swatch's body and Swatch's face is just like, Seriously? I thought it was safe to nap. It's not safe to nap ever. Swatch. This is your life now. in <laughs> <Not> mood. <laughs> so, yeah, because Hester just walks in with, um, with her flowery combat boots, and just steps right over Swatch. Poor Swatch.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, how dare ye. Anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, so they get 30 minutes as always. And, uh. You know, then you know they'll be able to leave, and then Swatch can just rest in peace. But yeah, I feel like we spend a lot of time in mood. They seem to be sauntering around. There are only seven left, and I think they have the lay of the land here. But um, yeah, I I I really really enjoyed this time in in mood with with Christian.
0: So, oh my gosh, she's so funny when it's like always buying a lot of tools. Oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> Hester looked like. A petulant child who was just doing exactly what they weren't supposed to do. Just got caught with... She got caught with tool, basically.
0: Yes. Yes. And her answer to everything, which I loved from this segment, was put more glitter on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we have... um I mean, we have Bishmi, who... Uh, I guess just basically took the inside of his brain and squished them into words and then threw up on the mood employee who was cutting his fabric <laughs> because he just had this like brain fart, brain fart and just embodied uh, what I think is just a great performance piece about stress. So um, yeah. yeah, I really <laughs> love that moment because, you know, his head, I feel like his whole being is just, just what that was. I, I'm not even going to reenact it because it's it's too late. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't even do it. Um, But yeah, but we also have Garo who I think is at the end of his corset journey. But does he know that yet? Absolutely mm. not. <laughs> and so he goes, It's like, yeah, um, cut person i want yellow and black but mostly black and the guy cutting is like uh okay he's like yes and so in, in in girls talking he's like yeah so i know that yellow and black are very obvious colors but what i'm gonna do to it is on the bottom is i'm gonna put a flounce i'm gonna have like a flounce at the bottom of this dress that's gonna be yellow and black, mostly black, and
0: so, <laughs> it's just like I've been trying not to laugh too much, but it's just like laugh.
1: he's <laughs> like, yeah, he's carrying around this chartreuse piece of fabric. It's a very light chartreuse. He's like, this is yellow. I think that the fluorescent lights are making it more neon. Then it really is, and it's like no, that shits our truce it's not yellow,
0: not quite yellow,
1: yeah, but whatever that's fine, um, and then we have Bishmi who catches a spirit when he realizes he's super close to his budget at the end. Do you know what that is um, does does that make sense to you? He does like he does basically a holy dance, but it's probably the Baltimore version of a holy dance where hes just like catches a spirit when they're like. You are six dollars and thirty cents below budget. And he just kind of oh, yes, thank
0: you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I did yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I thought it was just a dance.
1: It looked like it looked like a like a holy dance. Something that I think maybe Vinny has done once in his life, because Vinny's Baptist. Baptist people do that.
2: Hey, sometimes. I do not know
1: that. Yeah, I don't know. Um <laughs> It's like this. Uh it's like the charismatic sect of of the church um anyway so anything else <laughs> before we head to the workroom um,
0: no no <laughs> but i thought it was interesting because it was here that sebastian gets the idea oh i'm gonna work with skin tones
1: oh that's right yeah what did you think about that because he was like i'm not feeling these colors and i was like maybe that's just because you don't want to work in beiges and browns because it was yeah. just weird it's like he's like i don't like these colors i was like but you're working in skin tones
0: it's like you're making a taupe rainbow you know <laughs> it's like of <laughs> course first that's not exciting but i like the idea but i was sort of like well how's that gonna work like how, how, how are we gonna do freckles you know i was sort of like thinking there's so much more to skin than a hue you know yeah but but I, I was sort of liking where he was going with it.
1: Why not? Yeah, yeah. Very again streamlined, and I guess it kind of fits in with it. But um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. It was just like mm, not really into seeing more shades of beige and brown. Um, yeah, you know, someone else who's not really into it is Swatch. Swatch is just <laughs> not impressed by. I- it. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Swatch just wants everyone to leave, so you know, like nap kind, nap time can resume. Um so anyway, people actually leave. They leave mode and they leave Swatch alone and they go back into the workroom. And um okay, I have to say off the bat that Vinny tells, you know, someone he's talking to that he's gonna do a bomber jacket and a dress and I think bomber jackets are becoming my new pet peeve Uh so it was jumpsuits now (laughs) a peplum and then bomber jackets listen I I really really appreciate your bomber jacket I think Mm. it's it's a great uh staple for in between weather but I don't know for a okay a bomber jacket and a dress at first I was just like wait Mm -hmm. what is it what does that mean um anyway, but he's go but I, I also point out that he's he's gonna do the dress first because the jacket is gonna be so easy. Dun dun dun. It's like those mm-hmm. are your your last words. Like how is a bomber jacket easy?
0: Yeah. Especially with an X on the back. I know. You know?
1: Like his design just we'll see it. Like it it evolves into something that's more and more complicated. Um
0: what I like about his idea about Vinny's idea is that there is something about the relationship between oh, facing people's assumptions and stereotypes mm-hmm. and then having to to reveal yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I think there's a lot of power in that moment of reveal. Um, so I was actually excited for Vinny. I was like, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm excited about Vinny doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I mostly, I have very complicated issues with Vinny's approach to it Um, because, and now I'll get into it when he talks to Christian uh, about a little bit more because I think the way he explains it kind of, I think, um, made it a little bit problematic for me. But, um, But before Christian time starts, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like everyone is per- is kind of losing it. There's there's a uh, again, we're we're down to the top 7. And mm. um the only person I think who seems to be on a good track is uh Jamal and Garo. <laughs> yeah. Um who admits he's like, "You know, I get it. Saving the bees is you know, it just kind of feels a little trivial. I get it guys, but he doesn't care. He doesn't fucking care. The bees are not at his vacation home anymore. And so he really cares about this. Um, Anyway. So let's see. Um,
0: (laughs) It's really important. It's really,
1: really important. important. (laughs) I want to point out, there's a moment with Hester where she's sewing through her tool and she's sewing, 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 and she's just really, really concentrating. And then she realizes that she hasn't sewn anything. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling. Um, because, you know, if you're out there and you, you know, you, you guys, you know, if you're a listener and you know how to sew, um, there's a moment when your, your bobbin runs out of thread.
0: Have you ever experienced this? Um, you know, I- I can't say I've ever gone down a tool rabbit hole. So on one way, no, but yes, I have had a, a bobbin run out of thread. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you're, you know, you're trying to get your line straight and it's just kind of, you just, you're so focused on one thing and then you just take your eye off the, the ball, off the needle specifically. And it's like, ah, oh, I didn't sew anything, but it just, it just kind of seems like everyone's losing it. Even Bishmi, who's making up more songs.
0: Oh, you know what? I want to tell you something, being that this is the late night edition and all. Yes. I learned how to sew from my grandmother, who had a a Singer, like, um, machine. Mm -hmm. Um, It was not as old as it looked, but it was not electric. It was a... um, Oh, my God. Was it a hand-cranked one? Not hand. It was your foot. Like, you had, like, a foot a little foot um, swing that cranked it Mm -hmm. Um, and we still have it and it still works.
2: (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Just so you know. (laughs) I love those
1: because then you can be so precise with the needle. I love having that kind of control (laughs) over how fast the needle goes because it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of like driving a car whenever you're, you know, you change or if you come to and, and you haven't sewn in a while, just how sensitive that pedal is it just it's it's such an yeah, art. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. Um. We hear a story from Jamal about I think his earliest memory of of I would say just just being affronted um, with racism. And again, so he's making the uh, he's playing around with the idea of a, of a puff, puffer jacket and um, and talking about. Uh, black Lives Matter, specifically Black masculinity, and um, this idea of this this expression of um, of empowerment, and so he talks about how he grew up with um, his his grandmother who's white, and how he was in sixth grade walking down the street and um, w- walking towards a white woman and realized that she crossed the street because she was scared to walk past him, and. He was only he was in the sixth grade, which that puts him at maybe 11 or 12 years old, Um, which, again, is is not that young to experience racism in the United States of America. Unfortunately, I think I was like four or five with my first encounter with racism here. And um, what I really enjoyed about, you know, this segment here, he's you know, he's talking to, I think, Vinny or Bishmi. He's just like he's creating a what if. Like what if young black children didn't yeah. have to experience racism? What if there were no racism or, you know, things like that? Just this imagination of, um, of a, of a better world.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. This is Jamal's wheelhouse anyway. Um, yeah. All right. So ready for Christian time? Yes. Okay. So Christian rolls on in. And he first speaks with Bishmi, who is losing his mind, but he's sewing at the same time. All right. Um, That's the song that Bishmi made up. I really think it's great. So, again, Bishmi is volunteering with children in Baltimore. And Christian, I think for the first time, rightfully so, calls something old lady. (laughs) He's like, so you're making this very sophisticated, mature outfit, but it's supposed to embody the youths that you hang out with. How does that make sense? And so. And he's got
0: a. Yeah. No, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a point. Oh, yeah. this is. I feel like the first time where it really was not offensive to older, older people. Yes. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, this is Again, like the con- Like Bishmi's cause, his concept Is, like, it makes a lot of sense It's very wonderful I want to know what purple has to do with Baltimore I, I wonder if that's their city color
0: Oh, is, is it, a, is, is it a, I don't know, some kind of sports color I have no idea
1: Oh, maybe it could be Oh my gosh, oh no The Ravens What's the, that? The football team they're,
0: oh, they're they're foot. purple i'm like what's that
1: okay <laughs> the baltimore ravens uh, maybe that has something to do with it because i was just like hmm, purple why why purple because purple is it's a very it's a very sophisticated color um it's not particularly youthful i would say the shade that he got was very formal
0: and it is kind of an i mean i don't want to say old lady but it's definitely not a youth color like, yeah it's a more serious color
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not the youth version of purple. Yeah. Um, We get to Vinny and again, he repeats his cause to Christian as being stereotypes and um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, okay. I have so many thoughts on this, but I don't know if we have sort of time because, okay. We do. We do. Okay. So, (laughs) All right, we, this is where it gets kind of more fleshed out what he's trying to do, which is making a not just a bomber jacket, but a bomber jacket with a hoodie where his idea is to have this woman, his his model, walking down the runway, kind of embodying this idea of someone wearing a hood where you would look at them and maybe perceive them as being dangerous or threatening or poor or... Unsophisticated, and then they take off this hoodie, and it's like, oh my god, she's wearing this elegant dress underneath. And so for me, I was like, okay, Vinny, I I question your perspective because to, to me, and I and I know you know we mentioned Trayvon Martin because you know when Trayvon Martin was murdered, there was a national conversation revolved around hoodies and putting the blame yeah. on his clothing, his behavior, things that had. Everything to do with him, rather than on his actual killer, rather than on like on, on Zimmerman and and Zimmerman's racism towards Trayvon Martin as not necessarily an individual, but as a person he perceived as threatening, maybe because of this, because you know the you know maybe because of this hoodie, not necessarily because of the hoodie, but I just think it's because you know he's black, and so for me it's this weird um, kind of racialized gaze of this piece of clothing and Mm -hmm. I think again I think sort of like you know marriage equality like we've had this conversation already about the hoodie and I think we've had a very sophisticated and nuanced conversation about that where it's kind of like you know you know it's been on it's been in sports it's been in Hollywood it's it's been on Twitter that it's not that, you know i don't know i just would have liked for vinny to approach this from a deeper perspective and a more personal perspective rather than taking something that is so st- in a way stereotypically seen as being um like a like a like a threatening racialized piece of clothing yeah. um and so i think in a in in a weird way i don't know if this is ironic like his idea his approach to stereotypes is very stereotypical <laughs> in a way um, yeah, yeah. It just, to me, it's, it's, it's affirming an assumed perception of what's threatening and what's safe. And I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Not yeah. for it. Not, I'm not into it at all. So I, I was at this point, I was like, you know, Christian's not gonna be like, Hey, Vinny, maybe you can think a little bit more creatively about this idea of revealing and, and, I don't know. It's just, maybe it just wasn't worth the time, but yeah. Anyway, that's just my rant about Vinny's, uh, stereotypical stereotype.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) um,
1: next we have Jamal who's like a fish in water concept wise. And yeah, I, I, I feel like this was a very straightforward interaction because conceptually, I think Jamal's fine. Without sleeves, though. Yes. So.
0: We should expect that from him.
1: Yeah. He's like, guys, <laughs> I I don't know how to manage my tie. Why would you think that I would be I would prepared expect... <laughs> for the model fitting?
0: Why would you expect that from me?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I would love to hear Candy's perspective on that. It's like, I just, you know, I would rather just like sit in the corner with a glass of extra pink rosé and just leave all of this until the last minute because I'm candy flesh mall. Yeah. Anyway.
0: And, and by the way, I can't believe you actually considered not saying what you shared about Vishnu's design.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you mean Vinny's design. <laughs>
0: Vin, Vin, Vinny's, excuse me. Yes, Vinny's. I can't believe you considered not saying that. That's what makes this podcast great. Uh, thanks, Patricia. Okay.
1: No, sometimes I just get so bogged down in my head that I'm just like, does anyone care to sit through me <laughs> having to flesh this out? <laughs> so. I, I
0: think it's, it's good to do. So thank you for doing it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for encouraging me to do so. <laughs> um, Okay. Yeah. So talking about like fleshing things out and um, actually talking about things that they're still grappling with. We have Tessa who's talking, whose cause is um, sexual abuse and women's rights. And she's making a black dress trying to be more conceptual and uh, very, very aware of her self being on the bottom. And maybe that's why she was also, maybe that's particularly why she was crying less um, about this previous challenge, because it was her first time as one of the lowest scores. Um, mm. So she's, she's really freaking out about that. But what what did you think about this one in particular?
0: Oh, I, you know, I, I, I was sort of not understanding it.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, I was worried for her, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really understand it, to be honest. I was sort of like, what are you going on about? Like, mm-hmm. And again, same thing. So part of the design, it works as a cover. So I was sort of like, why are you covering the body? And, and mm-hmm. Christian said the same thing. Um, so I sort of thought that was problematic because, again, all these national conversations that we have about... Um, I'm just going to say violations against women, Viol- violence against women, and in particular, physical and sexual violence mm-hmm. um, against women, I thought the blame is always shifted, again, to what the woman is wearing, right? Mm-hmm. That was the invitation, that the skirt was too short, it means she wants this. So I thought, well, why, why like, w- what's the relationship between that as a fact and this covering of the body like how is that empowering right Hmm. so anyway but i did not foresee the other problems that i saw with this garment which i will get into later once more of the process is revealed
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i have a lot more to say about that closer to the runway um i would like to say that while in between these these crits with uh, these designers, we keep getting cuts to Hester working very neurotically with her tool. Um, we don't get a one-on-one with Christian and Hester for this. And so I think that's why they're just kind of cutting it in. And I think it's hilarious. Just wanted to say that cool. um, because we next from Tessa, we go to Garo um, and yeah, so 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 here we are um, talking about um, the possible extinction of bees, and we get to see Girl's beautiful garden up in Rhinebeck um, or somewhere else on the Hudson, and you know it's just like yeah, you know, just like going up there and seeing some bees, and I'm seeing less of them, and so this is what the cause is about, and. He is going on and on and on about his, like, lines and not trying to be so obvious, but still using the colors. And I I, I think that using yellow and black was very cliche, but in At terms best. of... Huh? At best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I'm just like, oh, man, would've, it would have been interesting if you maybe had referenced like a different kind of bee because for instance, okay, so I've seen these gorgeous bees down in Costa Rica that, I mean, you know, to go back to my really, uh, my, my bio days. <laughs> so, um, you know, bees are, they're, they're insects, but they're, they're, um, oh my God, Hymenoptera, holy crap i love i love insects quite a bit but you know you could reference other colors like bees aren't just yellow and black or they're not all the same type of color or um they're different phases of bee life or whatever or you could have done like a honeycomb type thing other aspects of what it's like to be a bee you could have done something that references flowers but he chose to do this and and again to streamline into his corset and christian just woke up to the corsetry being redundant <laughs>
0: it's like mm-hmm.
1: why now Christian like yeah. for the past like 10 years you guys have been encouraging Garo in his corsetry and all of a sudden just like mm, it feels period and I'm like I feel like it's been feeling period yes
0: yeah, the whole
1: time yeah I don't know this just kind of felt a little unfair <laughs> but yeah, it's only... like, now, now you tell know him <laughs> I know it's late. You guys are late. So, um, and then okay, and then let's move on to Sebastian, who's working on equality, and um, I don't know. Christians' critique mostly was it just didn't have enough shades of color there. Yeah, yeah. which
0: yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah, same, same. Um, yeah, not much, not much there. I, we basically. Uh, have gone through mostly everyone except for Hester, I think. And Christian has some news. And so he calls all the designers into the main workroom, you know, stop sewing, leave the brother's workroom, and then all the designers are just like, oh, my God, WTF. Please don't give us any more twists. I don't think we can do this. And so um, we have little brother, Bishmi, whose central nervous system, I think, is on, like, a 1,000. So he's just... <laughs> He's speed walking and kind of twitching at the same time, and passes by Hester on her sewing machine, who has not had a crit, and (laughs) she's like, "Bishmi, walk slower, so I don't have to go in and like just just walk slow." And so then, (laughs) kid brother Bishmi goes from a thousand to like negative eighty and just moves really (laughs) slow, like he's swimming through quicksand, and I just, I'm. Bishmi's growing on me. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> he has such a great sense of humor. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, wait, how could he only be growing on you now? After that oh wait, a word I have to think about saying either Arya or Aria after that Staten Island song.
1: I know. It's just that he he, he talks like uh, uh you know, I mean uh you know, because I, I I uh uh there's something about Bishmi where I'm just like, come on, just like, just get on with it. And he's here. He's not here. He has this very twitchy quality. But I think if I think about him as like my kid brother or my little cousin Bishmi, then it helps. Okay. My little cousin from B-block. Yes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so they gather around Christian and they're all freaking out because they're just like, oh my god, what's happening? What are you gonna do to us? Please, please don't torture us anymore. We're sad. We're still sad. We miss Leela. And so Bishmi goes, Are we going on vacation to Mexico? <laughs> that
0: was and so funny. I know. It's just like Christian's
1: like, No, you guys are filming this show. What do you think this is? You're gonna make another look. And I'm like, oh my god for yourselves there's like oh my god it's like just t-shirts they go okay oh my god oh thank god just a t-shirt and then bishmi's like so we're not going to vacay we're not taking a break <laughs> down south like really we don't have to get on a plane no tickets nothing so he's genuinely disappointed yeah yeah but i thought this was kind of amazing because they don't even have to make these t-shirts from scratch I was like oh because when, when Christian said that I was like oh my god bitch we made a t-shirt last week this is perfect but no they don't have to make it they just have to collaborate with some graphic designers and then 19th Amendment's going to make them and sell yeah, pretty them cool. Wait, pretty cool yeah no it's, it's, it's quite amazing so play on the idea of these statement t-shirts from the beginning they're going to Um, sell them and then all the proceeds are going to go to a charity of their choice which is amazing oh and also they have to model their t-shirts on the runway with their models
0: Hmm. so yeah is that exciting
1: i don't know i was excited
0: (laughs) i i like the idea i was like this is good yeah because i was like also
1: i thought this is perfect because if you had no idea that Garrow was all about saving the bees or that Vinny's stereotypical outfit was actually about not being a stereotype, then the t-shirts will make that pretty obvious. So I was like, that's great. Makes it clear. Okay. So again, why we have two day challenges is we have another we have a consultation with professionals. So it's graphic design time. So the graphic designers come in to collab with them and uh, yeah. So we go through a little bit of of these designs. I don't know if, if anything stuck out to you during this.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, the designer who's working with Hester is very displeased. (laughs) I was like, my God, I mean, why are you so unhappy? Like, Oh my goodness, what's going on here? (laughs) because it was it like the the team of people or
1: cuz it was, someone was working with two people at a time but but remind me which one was hester's
0: which designer
1: or yeah which, or which graphic head, designer yeah.
0: um a white woman with long hair okay <laughs> who was just, who was just completely like oh my god i can't believe i have to do this and i think if i mean i, I was imagining here's some you know, well-trained, highly skilled graphic designer who's hearing Hester say, "I really like a '70s font." You know, you know? And I'm just like, okay, but that that person really seemed to sort of have this energy that reminded me of those um, that couple that would not bake a cake for a gay <laughs> couple. You know, it was sort of that kind of. This is my job. I'm just going to. Stand here and do this, mm-hmm. but I'm not really into this kind of vibe. And I was like, wow, this is so weird. Yeah. This is very odd.
1: That's interesting because Hester's like, I wanted to be super gay. And I want I to know. say gay as F. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I wonder if they're thinking, like, this is so freaking millennial. Seriously, gay as <laughs> F? Come on. <laughs> you know? But
0: it's not Hester. That's. That's her. And I thought, in a way, like that—that that is what she should be doing. Is, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah.
1: And then I love Garo's, like, his his collaboration with, with his graphic designers, which is like, I just, like, want a lot of bees. Can you make some of the bees larger than the other bees and just kind of spread them around and then make yeah. them into a V the way my yeah. shirt looks right now? Because, yeah. <laughs> Did you notice he was wearing what I call a bridge and tunnel shirt? Like these shirts that <laughs> dudes from New Jersey or Philly or Long Island wear. And they're super, super buff, but they have no idea how ugly they are. And they're just like, there's a V down their chest. And he's like, I want it with, you know, like this. And he's, I'm I'm making a brand new shape that's never been done before. And the guy is like, you mean like the shirt that you're wearing right now that I can see? Thanks.
0: Yeah, which ends up looking like the Batman symbol.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> but with bees, but, not bats, because <laughs> we're not saving bats, Patricia,
0: we're which saving- by the way is also for cause in a very needed cause with all the wind turbines. I don't know if anybody knows this photographer named Merlin Tuttle, bat conservation photographer for like decades, mm-hmm. amazing stuff. Okay, I'll up about
1: bats now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't want to talk about guano and how important that is, you know, seriously, the ecosystem is so important, climate change. And then we have <laughs> we have Vinny who's um sorry. So, his t-shirt is a, again about stereotypes. And it says on the front, I have a name <laughs> It's like to me, it sounded like something that you'd hear, like a retort um, that you'd say back to like street harassment. Like if you're getting harassed on the street in New York City, and it's like, yo, baby, yo, sweetie, it's like, I have a name. And you can just wear <laughs> Vinny's shirt and just turn around and be like, look at me. And then the street harasser would be like, oh, you know, sorry, sorry, sweetie. Sorry, baby. What's your name? And then, you know, you start the conversation. from <laughs> there.
0: But then that's all you hear. What's your name? What's your name, sweetie? What's your name, cutie? What's your name, baby? Right? Sugar bye. It, like, it, it kind of like transfers the conversation. It doesn't really stop it. It just kind of. Uh, yeah. It, it actually. like passes the buck. Wait, say <laughs> it again? It passes the buck. It doesn't really stop the stereotype, you know? Right. I mean,
1: yeah. It definitely is not something that you want to wear if you. Yeah, it it welcomes more conversation. It it welcomes that deeper, you know, connection with the street harasser who you might find out in the next breath is named Peter. You know, it's like Peter. My name is Benny. You know, I have a name anyway. So that whenever I see a shirt, that's what I say in my head. Um, and then we have like. <laughs> We have Jamal with royal stuff. Like just his graphic designer is just typing royal I I am uh or royal life or something. I I forgot.
0: I am oh, shoot. Um, um I have I have a royal story. Yes, my
1: yeah, or my royal story.
0: My royal story. Which
1: yeah. is like the least work that any of the graphic designers had to do um, they just open InDesign. I saw it. It wasn't even Illustrator. They just opened InDesign and just typed in text, my Royal Story. I mean, you'll see the t shirt, it's really basic. Yeah. AF. Anyway, so all right. Any anything else before we go into model time? No. All no. right. So we have this time with models and to fit them. And we have Tessa who gets Asia again. Um and actually ends up like drawing on her because that's that's a part of the design that we find out later. Um, yeah, but anything during this model time that stood out to you, Patricia?
0: Well, I was sort of annoyed with Tessa. Um, I was a little uncomfortable because well, I'm not a little, a lot uncomfortable with Tessa because. She was sort of, she said something like, I'm sure that Asia is a beautiful woman and is a model. And she referred several times to Asia, who, by the way, is, I mean, all the models here are stunning. But Asia has a very particular way of holding herself on on runway that I like. Um, And she said something like, Asia is a strong woman, but she couldn't say that Asia is a person of color. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she couldn't, it's almost like, she sort of takes that out of the equation. So it's sort of like, well, there are different women than you, Tessa. You know, and that made me kind of feel uncomfortable because I'm mm-hmm. sure I do that. I'm sure I have blind spots too, right? I don't think I'm immune to this. But um, I was sort of like, oh, Tessa. It's like, if yeah, that's all. What about you? What did you think?
1: Well, I think in terms of that, I think – how Tessa describes Asia Or even talks about a lot of other people Again you know there's a lot of deflection And mm. And I have More to say About this When we get on the
2: runway Please yeah.
1: do I am going to save it because I, I definitely I feel like okay. what I have to say would, would be more apt when we're actually on the runway with Tessa Okay, okay. Yes Um. Yeah anything else
0: uh, looking at Venny and being worried. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's. Like, oh my God.
1: I mean, because what, yeah. what, what worried you in particular?
0: All of a sudden, that outfit just was not making any sense. And again, the lack of time with Venny is dangerous. Mm. Um, not finishing things again. Um. And you know, I'm watching, trying not to be resentful with thoughts of bring back Renee. Where's Renee? <laughs> <laughs> you, she left. you stayed. You have. <laughs> My expectations are high, you know. But I, I looked at that and I sort of thought, oh, 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 what is this going to be? I was kind of worried for Vinny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like Vinny is... I don't know. He's always smiling and always has like this cheery kind of look on his face. Even yeah. when it's almost like he doesn't know how much trouble he is in ever until mm-hmm. the last minute, you know, when, you know, he's on, it's on the runway. He's like, Oh my God, I made that. It's like, yeah, Vinnie, you've been, you made it the whole time you made it. And so we have Christian who has to remind him Of, like, listen, like, these are, this is another way you can go about this, or perhaps you can take this into consideration. And, and I don't, I didn't write them down, but I remember them being very easy problem solving fixes. And Vinny's like, oh, oh, okay. And we know Vinny's extremely intelligent, but I think the way his mind works, um, I think his internal, whatever he's saying on the inside is just, Like, do, 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 I
0: don't know. Just,
1: he's, he's in some other world. I don't, I don't know.
0: I think Venny is the most insecure designer of the ones we have so far. We often think it's Jamal. And I think Jamal, yes, has insecurity. But Jamal also knows what to trust in his practice, in his method. Venny, not really. Yeah. And again, Venny is someone who, again, this is a second career right this is not his training so i think there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful newness here that works in his favor works in his creativity that's wonderful um but again i think it's a point of insecurity and i think that really comes across on this episode
1: yeah yeah i i think that's a really good point um yeah no no really good point I mean, we we see a little bit of that on the day of the runway. Uh, but before we go to the day on the runway, I just also want to point out that Bishmi, I think, has a secret handshake <laughs> with all of the models.
0: Yes. Did you see that? And I was like... I did see that. And that was like a complex one that they spent the more camera time on. It was like well, five seconds or something. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> I can just imagine Bishmi is just the most fun camp counselor ever. <laughs>
0: just, you know...
1: Just so much fun. Just, just love it because then (laughs) I think Tessa kind of like challenged him to do a walk and he just, he just did it. He's just like, you know, we have to walk the runway tomorrow. Do you, do you know how to walk? And she was like, yeah, I know how to walk. She's like, let me see. He's just like, okay, let me stop doing the very important work that I'm doing with my purple dress. And I'm going to mean mug a walk around this workroom table immediately and it was just the best thing to watch and I was like
0: "Mm." it was hilarious it was hilarious
1: yeah oh bish me okay so are you ready to move on to the day of the runway yes okay because Vinny has realized that there's a lot more involved in making a hoodie than he anticipated yeah he's not gonna make a hoodie he's not gonna get there And I thought, maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) Maybe it's actually going to benefit you that you couldn't execute your jacket. Yeah. But the problem is that towards the end of this time in the workroom before the runway, he actually sews in an invisible zipper backwards. Hmm. So making the jacket, um, I mean not making the jacket unfunctional, but basically showing the zipper. So instead of putting an in- invisible zipper into the dress, the zipper is very visible. Um, and for some reason, not he doesn't want to show it. So then he instructs his his model to not reveal the dress underneath fully. Um, yeah. Further just depleting his whole idea his whole concept is just like being watered down throughout the yeah. morning um but yeah but anything before we get to the runway no no all right okay so so let's let's get to it um we have a lot more to say and listeners this is where i instruct you to uh look into your show notes and you can find a link to this week's cheat sheet and I'm bringing it up. And it's the, the title of this episode, which is project causeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. So, all right. We have our wonderful slew of judges. We have Carly coming out. Um, and she's talking to the judges. This is what's so great. So Carly comes out, turns to the judges and she's like, so judges, I'm going to talk to you straight away because as you can see, our designers are not here. Um, the designers are backstage because remember they're going to be walking the runway along with their, um, their designs wearing their graphic tees. So what I loved about this is that, um, I think Brandon was the only person who looked really excited about this. Everyone else was like, okay. All right. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, but we have our normals. So of course, Carly, Brandon Maxwell, Nina Garcia, Elaine Welteroth. And then we also have Aurora James, who is a creative director and founder of Brother Valleys. And I have to say, so I love Aurora James. Um, there is a, there is a documentary about, um, I think the 2017 or 2018 nominees to uh, CFDA. I don't know if you've heard about this documentary. No, I haven't. But um, yeah, but she is the first black woman to be nominated for CFDA award. And I believe that she was going up for accessories. So she's a shoe designer and accessories designer. And um, when I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, she looks so familiar and it's, it's, it's the same person, but um, it's just wonderful to have her on the show um yeah yeah yeah. anyway so okay so let's get to it let's get that cheat sheet out and we're going to go of course in runway order and you can see on the cheat sheet that i have the design um uh that is like the concept of the cause and then the t-shirt as it appears on 19th amendment so hopefully you can see the details of that all right so first we have sebastian and uh, I have to say that to me, this outfit looked very similar to his gaming outfit, the one for the um, for the game design. Just hmm. in terms of silhouette and also this pseudo shredding effects um, that I think is becoming more of a motif with Sebastian. But um, hmm. yeah, what did you think about this?
0: I was not into this at all. I, I sort of liked the idea that he was working with. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't know what those pom-pommy things on her head were. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me was like, oh my God, that's the pollen for Garo. Why is it on Sebastian? You know, but, but just keeping it to this dress, I don't know why the dress had to have those. I don't even know how to describe that. Those swirlies around the waistline
1: yeah I
0: oh man I what that added.
1: yeah I, this is for this like I would I, I would refer to um, or defer I would defer to Samelia because I feel like there's a term for that like whatever the um, shape he's making there yeah Um. yeah but I'm I'm not sure either and also just not sure why it was necessary it because I think he also lined it or piped it with a darker brown or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. also yeah, I and I, I think it's I also wanna um point out that we got a message on Facebook. So so shout out to Charlene. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Charlene. But um so she pointed out that um in the workroom, so this this whole idea is about, you know, his his, you can read his t-shirt the t-shirt says um gosh i'm just clicking back and forth it just says dna so this idea of that we're all humans and blah blah blah. and i i just think sebastian so adorable so wonderful um i thought the t-shirt was okay but close up you can kind of see that it's a little patchy but um but also that the (laughs) in the workroom um who was it? Um, Tessa had suggested that he add um, more white fabric.
2: <laughs> to Yeah. Yes.
1: People look pale. Look at me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm translucent. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm. And, and cause for me, I thought that he was making it the, ma- the majority of the dress in the, in the skin tone of his model, which, which makes sense. And and also um, he and his model have very similar skin tones and, i I also thought that it wasn't particularly dark enough, but I think that we realize later, and I don't really know if this is right that he is just layering the same color over each other, but I don't think that's right. I think he was using different colors of um a brown um, yeah, I
0: think too,
1: yeah, yeah, it wasn't that that complicated, I would say. But yeah, but the technique yeah. that he uses just, it doesn't bode well for the silhouette or translating is, yeah. yeah. I mean, it works on the yeah. translating idea, but the, the dress doesn't look great.
0: And I wish it was sort of, there's not enough colors. Because yeah. with these colors, it looks like, this is what women complain about, right? I can't find my foundation shade. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite right. I have to blend it with a moisturizer, uh, not just not just women, but people who use foundation. So I think this seemed like the ma- this like sort of makeup counter stock colors,
2: mm-hmm. the,
0: the preset colors on the foundation makeup counter. So I thought, oh my god, he needed like like 30 times more colors. And, yeah. um So that was disappointing for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same.
0: In addition to the shade, or not the shade, the um, the shape.
1: Yeah, I agree. I wish he'd also done something more with her hair, but you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um all right. So next we have Vinny and his model coming down with the broken zipper in the back. So she comes out <laughs> and no hoodie, just a hat. She looks like an undercover FBI agent, in my opinion. And <laughs> you know, head down, um, brim brim down, and then she takes off the hat and then kind of unzips her jacket and then pulls it around her, her, her shoulders. Um, so what you can see on the cheat sheet is what she looks like at the end without the hat with, um, the jacket half off, but not completely unzipped. And then later we have Vinny coming out, um, behind the scram. He puts up his arms in the, the shape of an X to mimic the, the X in the back of the jacket. And then he comes out do, do 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 with the biggest smile on his face. Um, Just looked so adorable. <laughs> just...
0: I know. I thought all the judges were like, he's so cute. <laughs> he is. So, yeah. So cute. Yeah. So
1: cute. Um. So he comes out and then they're like, Vinny! He's like, I have a name! Your name's Vinny! He's like, oh, right, right. You guys know my name. You guys know <laughs> who I am. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought this looked so cheap. <laughs> it was it was just it was just super cheap, tacked yeah. together. The close up of the shirt, I'm like, who made these shirts first of all? Because yeah. I have a name. Just looked really wrinkly and just like a bad iron job. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I just was. I think from far away the shirts look good enough to the judges. Like I don't think they could really tell, but. Yeah, I thought the back of Vinny's jacket looked like a black Confederate flag, and I was like, I don't think this is exactly what you wanna do with your clothes.
0: (laughs) So many thoughts. Yeah, any any thoughts about this? No, I just I just thought it was very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um next we have Garo. Oh yeah yay, <laughs> so Garl's model comes out and her dress, and everyone knows who this is, unfortunately. Brandon yeah. gives a double take like huh? and uh yeah um paticia your your thoughts on this dress?
0: You know, I actually really liked what Garrow did, um, I think it's stitching. Mm -hmm. on the fabric I'm like oh you know what that's actually really interesting that you modified that you made this pattern um but everything else the cut the exaggerated um not sleeves um oh it's I'm sorry I think I'm just oh
1: you mean the straps
0: Um, straps thank you the exaggerated straps that make her look like you know, she's going to be, what, what did Brandon say? The cigarette lighter sales girl or
1: something? The highlighter sales girl. <laughs>
0: Highlighters. <sales,
1: laughs>
0: the highlighter sales girl. That's right. You know, or the sort of like beer maiden at Beer Fest or whatever it is. It's a little weird, the whole thing. And I know we have it on record. Garrow said, what did he say earlier in the episode? I like weird dramatic things. Yeah. But this isn't either. It's just uh, I don't know. Garrow goes
1: Alright, it is obvious that in fact I have made a bee costume. <laughs> like, Gar- like what are you doing? The stitching is so good. And I'm like, yeah. you could have done that. That's and that's I think that's what I, I'm thinking about when you don't have to use the yellow, you don't have to use the chartreuse, you don't have to use the black. You can you can, you know, lean towards the contours and the shape of a bee in a very different way. And clearly you have the skills, which is why this is so maddening. You know, like the length of this is cheap. Um the the sure. hem line is ridiculous. The straps are so unnecessary. You know, maybe yeah. that's a, a nod to an exoskeleton, but why would you need that choker? That makes no sense. Yes. Um The way she's styled is is just makes her look like she's going to, I don't know, Comic-Con, and she would fit in very well like as some ma- made-up like Marvel character. I don't know.
0: I don't so, even know about that. She I don't even know. She like could that. be a
1: villain. She looks like a villain to me.
0: Mm, yeah, she could be a villain. Yeah. But I th- that choker is the thing that makes it trying to be fashion.
1: Oh man, I uh, that's not fashion to me. Like it's just like chokers are in and we've seen I'm not I'm not into it because to me I'm I'm sorry. It it's a flashback to the 90s and I think 90s was just a, like just fashion purgatory i don't know not a great decade in my opinion but you know it's so chunky it's so big it's it ought to be a necklace or not but then it's he pairs it with those very very black earrings as well and it's just i don't know i mean he knows better than this i really do think he does
0: I, I think so too i think so too and again that stitching looks so good i would have liked to have seen this as like a really tight pantsuit. Yes,
1: I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god, if he had just stitched the hell out of a pantsuit, that'd have yeah. been amazing.
0: Yeah. Or
1: made like a beehive costume, or you know, like done something on you know a beekeeper outfit, something you yeah. could actually wear yeah. to maintain your bees.
0: Yes. Something.
1: Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so happen. Sebastian comes out. I'm sorry, not Sebastian. Garo comes out wearing his shirt, which says, Wear Bees. Or I guess, hashtag, We Are Bees. But it can also oh. read, hashtag, Wear Bees, which I think goes against what he's trying to do, which is save bees and not, you know, fleece them for, you know, yeah. their exoskeleton and make, you know, giant jackets out of bee exoskeletons. And it's like, I don't. It's a strange T-shirt. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right. Next we have is Bishmi, and yeah. yes, Fijin comes out in slow motion, and it is glorious. So it really is. Yeah. I don't know. Any, any other thought? I mean, I don't know. I I really I will say I liked his shirt more than I like this outfit.
0: Yeah, I didn't get what, what why the ruffles were so necessary at the top.
1: Oh, for the flowers. Uh,
0: oh right, the bloom reference. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, um, but I really liked how the t-shirt and the dress related, and I think oh, but yeah, that, I think that worked really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful. He had like, you know, the lash details on the front. Um, To me, it kind of like, he could have worked on the lashes a little bit more because it kind of looks like children crying, which could also be a thing in Baltimore. I don't know, but it looked too much like, you know, my mascara is running rather than I'm this chic kid because all the kids these days are wearing lashes. Um, I have been staring at children on trains wearing lashes and I've been caught staring at them because I just can't believe it. I'm like, you're 14 and you're wearing lashes every day. Um, but we also live in New York and it's a thing. And I'm just, I am just intrigued at Mm -hmm. all the children wearing lashes. Um, so, and then Bishmi comes out kind of like waddling like a giant baby wearing his (laughs) hashtag Baltimore blossom shirt. It's just like he couldn't stay. It was like the runway couldn't be wide enough. He was just wobbling around. And I was like, could you just stay on track? Just follow Fijan. Just follow her. And that's where you go. And then get to the end of the runway. and There you go. Anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Hester. Any thoughts on this one?
0: I thought it was okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I don't think it was as bad as she thought it was.
1: Definitely not. <laughs> um, and I, I know I really enjoyed this portion of the runaway and, and it's really interesting because she is like, Oh my God, it's just, just so bad. Like all I can see is it's like, it's not what I want it for it. Like, I wish it could have been better, but at the heart of it, it's something that she's very, Passionate about it's very important to her, so of course I think you know some stress is warranted. But um, I thought the 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 tube thing underneath is exactly what she was going for. It looked well made, but it really was all about that jacket. And I thought the jacket was, you know, well executed. I thought it was great.
0: It was fun. It was a fun jacket.
1: And I I really enjoyed their walk at the end and their simultaneous little like ding like they're I don't know what would you call that like that peace sign at the end like their 70s like peace but also um, maybe like anime say, character thing going on
0: yes yeah, the little synchronized V sign you know
1: like woo. yeah that was really really adorable um,
0: yeah everybody backstage went aww yeah remember that yeah because it was
1: freaking <laughs> adorable
0: like come on <laughs>
1: Um yeah, Hester is a perfectionist and she, you know, strives and strives and strives and then works herself up into frenzy. And I think that's what Elaine told her not to do. But she mm. did it. But she came through and still executed something that I hope that she was able to appreciate at the end as being well done. So um yeah. and her t shirt's a crop top, by the way. Right, right. She was the only one who did that. Yeah, I didn't even notice it on the runway, but it definitely is. It's a crop top.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: So next we have Jamal with his puffer gown. So it's a black, um, strapless dress with sort of like like a rounded neckline or, or I don't I don't even like an upside down smile um neckline. And um I think it has pockets. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Um I I just I think again sort of like last week with the um Elton John uh challenge with with Jamal. Um I think when he goes back to I don't know. I To me, this is a very, very different take on a puffer dress. And I'm pretty sure Nina Garcia has seen this before, but I haven't. <laughs> and I just thought that, you know, it's it's a better version of um, what I think perhaps like Nicki Minaj was trying to go for at the Met Gala once again, um, referencing okay. Nicki Minaj again, because it, it really does it doesn't look like a comforter. It doesn't look like just random quilting. It definitely looks like it's referencing like a puffer jacket that, um, that, you know, a lot of kids wear in New York and in Baltimore and even LA, even though it is eight degrees outside. Yes. I went to high school with kids who would wear puffer jackets because, you know, it's what Biggie Smalls is wearing. Um, even though there is no yeah. winter in LA, you know? So yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this?
0: You know, I I was sort of like, oh, Jamal, what happened? So, I thought this dress was very much um, worked counter to his concept of protection. Mm. Um I had I have so much to say about this garment, Ernest. Go ahead. Go stop. ahead. Please unleash. So, here's the thing. I I, I think this shape is already a very is in itself a form of safety. Mm. Um, the shape of the garment. Um, not, not what it's made out of, but the shape itself, mm-hmm. right? Anything in this garment is going to have the safety of conformity, number one.
2: Yes.
0: Um, but also, the way that Jamal described this, by the way, I just want to say that I was also really proud of Jamal. I'm like, you executed something, and it looks great. It doesn't look unfinished. It mm-hmm. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. But I thought when we think about self-empowerment, cultural empowerment, when we think about um, control over like our, our destinies, our lives, um, why do we measure ourselves against royalty Mm. as, why why do we use the the idea, the symbols, and the sort of um, aspiration of royalty as the the measure to which we then hold ourselves up? Because I think, so I thought, oh, I'm... I'm royalty because I'm I own my story and I have my story. I hold my story with pride. This was sort of what I got away, what I got from Jamal's message, and I was like, "Well, no, I, I think that the things that we ascribe to royalty is that they are putting their best forward, right? Or at least supposed to. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: That, like, when we see royal royalty performing, that's what we see: is people putting their best." forward and we don't really need to look to royalty to have that there are plenty of people in this world showing us dignity showing us um how to handle a lot of complexity with virtue and grace and all kinds of things Mm -hmm. so um i sort of felt like i didn't need the royal thing as a measuring point as a temperature scale i Mm -hmm. sort of needed um I don't know, something that, I don't know. What did you think about this scenario?
1: And I've talked about this before. And I think when we were all on the podcast with Nayland and my thing with Jamal is this idea of referencing Eurocentric ideas of royalty. And Mm. even, and I agree, like this idea of like, you know, his shirt, my Royal story, dot, dot, dot really does yeah. take away from um or i would say i think it it, it it doesn't take away from it explains a lot his idea of what good and what strength is in in his head what it, what it embodies as like you know turning masculinity on his head turning gender on its head but it, i think he's still in this very eurocentric phase and that he's going against those things and um so so this dress like while I think it's it's a gorgeous dress it is and I agree with you it's very safe but it it doesn't have anything to do it doesn't have anything to do with with subverting these ideas that he's actually talking about and I think he's I think he's going to get there but he needs to get out of um oh gosh like this this very ingrained idea of what we need to measure ourselves against. And I think he's still measuring himself against whiteness. And I think there's a thing about his upbringing that might be put into there where he's just very aware of just like a European idea of, of strength and, um, and even uh class or, yeah. What's elegant or or what's beautiful? I would say that like this idea of beauty and an idea of what's interesting visually. It's still very Euro to me, and so so. Um, and then Nalin brought up his um, gosh, his Instagram, and I think it's interesting to see the types of clothes that he makes for men, and this this whole him, you know, kind of in living in this realm that sort of looks like if Kahende Wiley's paintings became fashion um, because I, I, I think of Kehinde Wiley like he's definitely referencing a very Eurocentric idea of art history and that's on purpose so yeah. it's still to me this whole 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 deal but I think with Jamal it definitely is an identity thing you know he is biracial um, but I think when he speaks and, and and also in terms of just what he's actually feeling or saying or trying to do there's this it's still a little incongruous. I feel like he'll get there but because um, he has gone there. We've seen him make clothes that I think really translate what he's trying to get to but he, he kind yeah. of has a knee-jerk reaction back to this idea of what a gown is and what what again what idea of like royal means and so he has his idea of what royal means but he needs to flesh it out a little bit more because I you know yeah, could mean so many different <laughs> things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I do agree.
1: Yeah. Um all right, next Tessa.
0: <laughs> Tessa. So what did you think about this? <laughs> this debacle. So, okay.
1: Oh my goodness. So, I think this is interesting. So this this whole this whole deal reminded me of okay, again, this whole episode reminded me of art school more than I think of any other <laughs> episode. Because again, it's like, what is what do you care about? What is it that you like? What do you feel? And that's something to me in art school was very difficult to approach. It was very difficult to access what it is that was important to me and not necessarily something that I wanted to do that I thought was important to others. And I think that I related to Tessa's kind of hiccup with dealing, dealing with something that is very raw and very personal um, and has to deal with something that's just so painful as well. And I saw this as a really great first try. It was kind of like a good attempt at a different way of approaching design, Uh, like still minimal. And I think I realized through this that she might be hiding behind her minimalist aesthetic because it is safe. And because you don't have to really put forth that much, you don't have to risk a lot. Um, You don't have to show too much of yourself you can just kind of hide behind this minimalism and I, and I don't think all minimalist designers are like that but I think the more I hear from Tessa I feel like a little bit of it could be a shield to how she's actually feeling so I was actually I, I like the craft of this you know she cut out the word mine um I love it when she embroiders I love I love a craft moment so I thought that that was was interesting but um but it really was just not enough with the box. I was expecting something more avant-garde, some, some, something more like Comme des Garcons with a structure and yeah. 3D, like a third, a three dimensional thing. When she drew on Asia in the workroom, I didn't know that she, I thought she was making like, uh, what do you call those uh, markings for adjustments and alterations, but she actually was carving out her body and I was, expecting it to be a little bit more polished and then the shirt doesn't look great (laughs) um my opinion like your boobs are on your like like collarbone yeah your collarbone and i think those are actually where your your sweat glands are not your boobs (laughs) I don't know. I just thought it was a very, it, it It comes off as very simplistic, but you know, I do have to say I'm excited about this venture and um, you know, you know, just kind of getting to the judging part that Tessa does reveal that she was re- molested as a child and um, that this is sort of a part of her story. And she felt like she, um, she felt, com- I think she felt compelled to to address it, even though she was starting off with like, women's rights and sexual abuse survivors as a general idea um she had to put herself into it and i and i would like for her to put herself into her designs more explicitly and not you know refer to her parents so much just saying
0: yeah (laughs) i don't know
1: what were your what were your thoughts on that
0: no i think what you're saying is super fair super fair you know i i I was, this came out a lot better than I was expecting it to, because I didn't really understand this in the way that Tessa was describing it, Um, but, excuse me, so, excuse me again, I think that I was, I found it so tiresome, um, because although I understand that we have to, yes, her experience is super valid, it's a reality, right? Yeah. And um but when are we going to approach the moment where we can talk about women's bodies as not all having the same kind of genitals and memory glands mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. kinds of glands. So I, I thought this was a um something that was a, a huge misstep. And you know the show starts out we the show. Well, yes, this episode and this challenge is introduced with, you know, Carly wearing the T-shirt that you already quoted. Feminism comes in all all genders, right? So in the same show, then we later have, you know, a a contestant, a participant um, kind of making this show about women's rights. And it looks, um, again, like a very stereotypical... Kind of socially accept- acceptable shape of what a woman should look like, but also, it it uh, it's a very dead end conversation. Mm-hmm. For me.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's why I think, and for me, you know, it it, you know, thinking of what I thought were more successful ventures like Bishmi, I think was for me the most, one of the most successful um, uh, garments out there because it was something that was both personal and in general, but, but, but relevant to him specifically. And yeah. again, that's why I think with Tessa, I'm like, you know, just be, just get, I, I would love for her to get to the place where it, you know, I know this is Project Causeway. It's Project Cause Day, but <laughs> you know, like you, you can, you can, you can claim something as your own, and then start there first. And it's something that you know is a part of my process as an artist as well, where I I claim myself, and and my process is is very personal, it's very insular, very introverted, and then you know, yeah. I I think a lot of other things. Are ascribed onto it, but it's not something that I'm trying to, but it's inherently there because it's important to me, like issues of mental health and issues of, um, of agency and family and things like that. So I think with with Tessa, I feel like she'll get there, but you know, you're right. There is that issue when that's, that's her body or that's Asia's body. Um, it's not a woman's body. It's Mm -hmm. not women's Mm -hmm. body. It's Tessa, it's Mm -hmm. Asia, it's very, you know, very particular. And yeah, I thought thought that was really interesting when Aurora says, she's like, you know, I'm over this. (laughs) I'm really over this. Can you tell Mm -hmm. me about you? Like, how is this important to you? Can you open up and let me in a little bit of how this relates to you specifically? And and I I really like that she... Kind of dug in there because at first I was like, did the producers get to Aurora because they're like, Aurora, Tessa's got a secret because it's a little insensitive. Oh. But I wouldn't put it past producers on like Real Housewives to not do that. So why not Project Runway? It's it's all Bravo, but I don't think they did. I think Aurora was like, uh, no, you. Tell me about you. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah.
0: What is? Yeah. And I think normal. I would be fine with the dress being about. Asia and about Tessa right but when you have a t-shirt that's on sale about women's rights and it looks like that then it's sort of like okay then this is a very missed opportunity
1: yeah I mean and and, you know and just to let listeners know that there is a male model so that you know on I, I alternated between the um the dude and the woman whatever and so the guy here is also wearing Tessa's shirt on the website so you can see it in you know um, in multiple genders or whatever, but, um, but it, it may, it, yeah, I think it's interesting that to think of the idea of like, you know, sexual abuse survivors come in all genders and, you know, not, it's from non-binary, um, and all bodies are sexualized because we're, that's just the nature of, of humans, unfortunately, um in like in yeah. terms of, like sexualizing in violent ways or or their sexuality is uh you know um acted upon in violent ways. So no, I I I yeah, I think that's a really really great point that was um not addressed, not addressed here. Um but I think it would be great to get into more of the judging, like if like anything that stood out. I mean, particularly with with um with Tessa, you know, we do get um into her story, but we 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 get to talk to the other designers about their stories as well because this is Project Causeway.
2: <laughs>
1: um yeah, so let's see. I thought it was I thought it was very interesting here Um, with Vinny in particular, because Nina loves Vinny and has been saying week after week, he loves a woman's body as if no one else does.
0: (laughs) Right. No other designers do.
1: (laughs) Everyone who here hates their, their models bodies. Like they just can't stand it, (laughs) you know, especially Jamal anyway, but, um, But, yeah, but she kind of points out that the proportions are terrible and you're hiding her, blah, blah, blah. But um, I also want to point out this moment because, again, Aurora kind of steps up. Aurora and Elaine really kind of just, like, hit out of the ballpark for this episode because I I loved her encouragement to Vinny because he was getting emotional and crying um, in the face of, like, a lot of, like, you know, negative criticism about his, his his work. And she was just like, listen, my heart is breaking for you. But, you know, w- understanding that our goal here is to dig deep and get emotional and we we're putting ourselves out there. And she's like, listen, if you keep working like that, that's all that matters. You're going to nail this jacket another time. This is not the most significant thing about this, that you mess up this jacket. That doesn't matter what matters is that you're making some breakthroughs into your process. And I just, I just loved it. I just, I loved her pointing out that aspect of
0: truly what's important. <laughs> yeah. She, she brought a really um, centered perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought.
1: Yeah. Um, also girl gets called out by Nina. So I'm sorry. I'm just kind of jumping around. Um, No, that's good So, because Nina points out She's like, Garo You're (laughs) only here Because you're technically Very good, technically But at some Point You are going to need to stop Making these goddamn Corsets and show Mm -hmm. us Something else Nina is done with Garo I think (laughs) She goes off and I feel like Nina has hated girl this whole time Mm. I don't know I just I just kind of feel that her true colors her true color came out um and it is not chartreuse and (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah
0: and yeah and she also called out Jamal yeah, you know, she said something very interesting about Jamal. She said, "I don't want to see another version of Montclair. I want to see Jamal."
2: Mhm. Mhm.
0: Yep. And um, who is Montclair? <laughs> oh, so Montclair. I don't know when they were established, but they're a very fancy kind of European. I want to say like Swiss or Belgian, maybe mm-hmm. French. Um, most likely French um kind of ski wear winter wear puffy not north face but um people who buy north face for their kids would wear
1: montclair Monclair. like like yeah like um but mostly like they do a lot of like uh um expensive puffer type jackets yep
0: yeah yep but yeah. They're actually very functional. Like they're not just fashion. Like they're not like something you would get to look good. They actually are um, very functional. Like they, I mean, they cost like a thousand dollars. You know, they're very warm. They're supposed to. I mean, I've never worn one, but um, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I I just went through and found a Google image of Montclair puffer coat oh. evening gowns. No way. Yeah. And they're quite spectacular. <laughs> There's even one that's a cape. Um how did
0: you how did you find it? I wanna I wanna look at it.
1: Yeah, um I'm gonna see if I can actually send it to you through this little Skype thing. But um okay. listeners, I would encourage y'all to to look. Montclair is spelled M-O-N-C-L-E-R. And uh yeah, so I'm sending it to you now. You can hear a little squishy sound. And yeah. Again, Nina has seen everything, and of course, even if you don't reference Montclair, you can reference any other gown.
2: Yeah, this is just any amazing. other gown.
1: Yeah, these are amazing. Yeah, these are really nice ones. Um, I might put them on the Tumblr. <laughs> I think you should. If I remember, I'm gonna. I'm yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put it on the Tumblr. Um. Yeah. Yeah, guys. So, yeah. Anything else? with these interactions, or even the paw-paw section?
0: No, no. I think I'm, they, I'm just glad that they um, finally are paying attention to the sort of like the two weakest in the group, I think. Yeah, yeah. Although Nina
1: is just in love with Vinny. Um, yeah. cause he I does- think everybody loves women's bodies anyway yeah but you but think, think everyone
0: yeah i think he's talented
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but it's just not his time because he's not really handling the pressure well
1: no no he isn't actually no i should i take that back because i actually thought but i also wonder again what's going on inside vinnie's head Because he's been on the bottom so many times, but it seems like he's not outwardly affected in a way that's obvious to us. And I feel like maybe just from the quality of his work, then that's what's showing that he's affected. But I just can't tell. I'm like, are you bothered? I know you cry a little bit, but I I think you're crying because you miss the people that you're eliminating. I don't think you cried for Renee because you felt like, "Oh my God, I need to get my stuff together." He's like, "Man, Renee, I'ma miss her." I was like, "You eliminated her. They kept you." you should yeah. cry Over that. Um. All right. So let's get to our the end of our judging, and um, they make the decisions. So Patricia, who was
0: mm-hmm. the winner? Of this challenge. Well, luckily for me, it's one of my bracket members. It was Bishme.
1: It's Bishme. Hashtag Baltimore Blossom. Mhm. This is his second win, based off of an homage to Baltimore. Yes. The last time he won, he he it was a the Baltimore City, Bishme, yeah. Cromarty. Outfit, and this is his second win. I think he ought to make a whole collection that's just dedicated to his love f- for Baltimore. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Could be called Be
0: More Bishby.
1: Be More Bishby. <laughs> it's just meant to be. I'm, I'm sorry if your initials are BC and you're from BC. Mm-hmm. What are my initials? HD. I don't think there's any place named HD. Anyway, but yeah, just hard drive. I mean, I'm a photographer, <laughs> so maybe that is uncanny but oh. not really i think i think bishmi is on to something um yeah that's his fate but patricia hmm. the bottom yes. two it's between garo and venny um but who goes home
0: so venny goes home
1: yeah um and garo goes backstage but not before getting a talking to about doing mm. something different. So no more corsets, Garo,
0: please. I know. They should have said the time on the third episode. My goodness. Oh
1: man. Yeah. He's he's just gotten way too in deep with with the corset, so oh gosh. Um I have to say that this was a really sad episode for me. Um I think there are some wonderfully triumphant moments. And, and, um, as you know, Aurora also said that like, for instance, like when Bishmi's, so when Fijan came out onto the runway and in, in her outfit, she was like, Oh, I got really emotional, but I'm just not sure why. I have this, I found the same thing happening for me. And I actually was watching this on a train to Philly. Cause I was in Philly over the weekend um, to visit my cousins and also, to crash their Game of Thrones watch party. <laughs> and so I was on uh New Jersey transit just kind of s- not really sobbing, but like quietly uh, just like kind of, kind of tearing up kind of crying because I just was very proud of almost all of the designers on, on this one. I'll, I'll say, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's obviously getting sadder to leave. So Bishmi gives Vinny this hug that just brought me down. It was such a deep and loving hug. And then the group comes in and I just love a group hug. So I definitely cried during this part. I was like, Oh my God. group hugs!" Oh man. So unfortunately we lose the first bracket member to, I mean, okay. I'll say, okay. Unfortunately the first bracket member to go down on Nalen's bracket is Vinny and um hopefully Nalen will be on soon to 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 share their thoughts about this but i i no spoiler alert i talked to them tonight about it and and Nalen agreed it's like mm, it was time for me to go it was time um but i would like to flesh that that out a little bit more i mean cuz it's getting down there we're we're down to 6 so yeah so yeah so you have two wins from from Bishmi. I have three wins from Hester, but only one person. (laughs) She's my only person left. And then uh, we still have Garo. And then we still have um, Sebastian. And then you still have Bishmi and then Jamal. Yeah,
0: I do. Bishmi and Jamal in the running.
1: Yeah. I think we all might have a final three in our bracket. Wow, I think we might. I think we might get there. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, Patricia, we we made it in, it. and it's the wee hours of the morning. Um, oh
0: my.
1: <laughs> I I'm I feel like we were a little bit more coherent than I expected, not as like <laughs> whirly burly as I thought we could get. Um, but before we say goodbye. Do you have anything to share? And also, can you remind our listeners how to find you?
0: Oh, um, I can be found online as Sense and Sight on Twitter and, <clears throat> excuse me, on Instagram. And that's S-E-N-S-E-S-I-G-H-T.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, you can find me at Erin H E R N E A S E everywhere on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Twitter sometimes and then um also on my website ernezdavis.com and just to remind everyone this is the final week for the current exhibition that I'm in called Marco the Question and I want to plug so I took over the Spaceworks NYC Instagram account today so go there and see the posts that I made throughout the day and I even added a little bit to the Instagram story which is up for 24 hours but also um I am featured in Frontrunner Magazine with an interview conversation with Corey Beardsley. Thanks to Corey for coming to my studio and uh, interviewing me about my work. So um, we had a really wonderful back and forth. So if you have any questions or want to gain any insight into what I do, what I make, um, Corey wrote a really wonderful piece that I'm really grateful for. So I'll put the link there. And um, it also has you know, pictures of my work and things like that. So blah, blah, blah. Very proud of it. And of course you can follow the web, uh, follow our podcast on Facebook and Instagram and just look for us at the workroom podcast. And, um, oh my gosh, what's the other thing? Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. This is where I lose it. So I'm just like,
0: well, I oh. think we should also ask. Well, I should I should ask um, listeners to rate the podcast, subscribe, rate, spread the joy. Yes, please spread it.
1: Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought I I always uh, um, think about and then want to shout out Samelia. Um, her links are also on our show notes, so please go there and follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and then especially on her website. Textileshop.com T-E-X-T I mean sorry t-e-x-s-t-y l e shop.com. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, and then last but not least, Patricia, thank you so much. You are a trooper and I really appreciate you deeply. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> the pleasure to talk with you about this. So fun.
2: All right.
1: <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, so let's okay. let's let's wrap this up so we can both go to bed. Um, yeah. listeners, <laughs> thank y'all so much this has been fun. Keep sending your messages. I, I find you guys hilarious and, um, I love, I love a rant. Please send, send rants or disagreements or anything like that. I think they're great. Um, you know, and I'm, I will read it on the podcast and I will try to get your name right. (laughs) All right. So with that, um, until next week, we'll both say goodbye.
0: Bye. Bye.